Hey, everybody, it's your girl, Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expats in Panama by way of Glassboro, New Jersey. You know it right here on BlackSetRadio.com. How y'all doing? Hope you had a tremendously wonderful week. Um, I am just coming off of a really, 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 really good um, week. We just had our Juneteenth catamaran celebration here in Panama, and we took the catamaran out to Toboga. We had about 40 Black expats in Panama and other visitors with us. We had a wonderful time. Um, We poured some libation for our ancestors. We talked about the freedom that we so enjoy Um, these days. We considered the parallels between Um, Juneteenth being Freedom Day and the fact that there were so many people in Texas who didn't know that they were free. And it's not as if others don't know that they're free in the United States, but coming from the perspective of someone who has um, at least entertained the idea of something different There is some things that we want you to know as Black expats, and we want you to know that um, you do have choices. And once you're exposed to those choices, then the great thing is you get to make a choice. And that is what true freedom really is. And so I'm glad that, you know, we get to celebrate Juneteenth. Um, Just, you know, wonderful things um, have been happening Um, and we're just excited about all of them. Our um, BEEP community platform is growing by leaps and bounds. Thank you very much. We are currently right now um, offering blogging, um, blogging like features for members of our uh, BEEP community platform. So if you're a blogger and you're a member with just a minimum subscription, to our Beat Community platform, please do get in touch with me if you would like to have some of your work featured. We are also, pardon me, we are also um, looking for more businesses to become members because businesses are going to really be able to benefit from the, um, just from the, the platform. You know, we have not released this platform to our the bulk of our network. We are still kind of in our beta stages and people that are coming on board with us right now, you're getting a real benefit because, you know, we're still going through the process, making sure we have things set up. We're building the content and everything. And so every week and every day when you go to the site, it's more and more information coming. So getting involved at this level is the best thing ever. And, you know, I sent out a message this week and I said, listen, here at Black Expats in Panama, you know that we come through, we perform, we do what we say we're going to do. And um, I think that we're really on to something big here, like we were when we decided to create Black Expats in Panama. And I just really want to see as many of our people come along with us as possible. So that is like one of the most exciting things happening in my life um, this week. 
And then the other thing is, I definitely want to say happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. It's Father's Day in the U.S. and it's Father's Day in Panama. And we just want to say happy Father's Day and we honor you. And let's not get into all this, you know, um, happy Father's Day to my mother who was a father because that just doesn't make any sense doesn't serve any good purpose. And at the end of the day, let's just celebrate the fathers who are being good fathers. And I don't know about you, but um, I am very slow to criticize parenting because there is no guide to how to deal with humans, you know, and all your kids are going to be different. You're in different places in your life. So, you know, let up off the dads and give them their day. Um, Not only the biological fathers, but the father figures who have stepped in to help raise our children. I honor you today, and I hope that people are loving on you and that this is a special day for you. So with that said, that is about all the time I have to sit and chit and chit chat and smile, because what we're going to do today is share with you some information um, concerning Blacksit 101. Uh, We had a Zoom call and we had several professional guests on the call and I wanted to share the information with my radio um, family. I mean, today you're gonna hear from Tio Jolly, who is the Afro-Panamanian guide, um, lead tour guide for uh, Black expats in Panama cultural relocation tours. He's gonna you know, just hit you up with a little bit about um, the Black history here in Panama and just kind of some of the things that he expresses during our tour. Then we're gonna talk to Erica Moore. Erica Moore is with um, Five Rings Financial and she's gonna hit you with some one too on the finances. It's like the Blacksit 101 in full effect. The things that you need to consider before you decide to make a move out of the country or anywhere for that matter. And she gives some really, really good points that you may not have um, thought of. Then we're going to hear from Giovanna Bernal, who is a principal attorney at Prime Tax and Legal Solutions here in Panama. Um, She has helped over 50 Black expats in Panama obtain their residency, um, set up their corporations, and other legal uh, matters. She's a very trustworthy uh, team uh, member. We love her as a partner, and she's going to talk to you about residency um, in in Panama, just the different ways and things that you should know as you prepare to make your Blacksit. And then finally today, we're going to hear from Aisha Niang, and she is the founder of Abroad Ability um, YouTube channel. And she speaks to us about um, things that you should consider if you're talk if you're thinking about moving abroad and you have mobility issues. But also, Aisha talks to us about the whole purging and downsizing piece, which is absolutely imperative to a smooth 
um, stress-free transaction. You have to start letting go now. You know, even if your plan is five years out, just start, just start. Trust me, we just went through this process and I wish that I had not taken for granted that things were going to be so easy for me to pull together to move. So anyway, if you um, just hang with me for a second, I'm going to get that ball rolling. I want to thank everybody for hopping on. I want to thank all of our um, professionals for hopping on as well. You know, as we know, we have just, every time we turn on the news, there's something crazy. Um, and what I find is that every time there's another mass shooting or, you know, just some crazy political stuff happens in the United States, our Black expat pages just get we get these, um, we just get flooded with people who are interested in, 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 in trying to find out what a relocation actually looks like. And, you know, to, to tell you the truth, it's like people are living with anxiety and fear right now. And people are starting to realize that we have choices. So when the last thing that happened and we got all of this um, things going on and people coming in, um, people was like, are you going to do a video? Are you going to address some of these things? And I said, you know what, we can do that. So people often want to know, they want to know about uh, what it takes to relocate, you know, what do you have to know legally when going into other countries? You know, can I work in other countries? Uh, what is the relocation tour about? And um, so, and what, what does it take to move um, uh, the moving process and everything? So what we did was bring some professionals together so that they could give just a, um, a few minutes, um, just some tips that you can actively use with regard to your, um, your planning to Blacksit. And planning to Blacksit, guys, is like some people say, well, what do the poor people do? You know, poor people just can't get up and, and leave. And that being able to Blacksit is definitely going to depend on um, how, you know, how your finances are and things like that. Well, to that, one of the things that I say is that there are a lot of us who have Blacksit who are, we are not wealthy people. The other thing that I want to say about our Blacksit process is that other generations, and we're, we're Blacks and Eden, we're, we're looking at international locations for different reasons. But other groups, for example, you know, white people in America, they've been doing this for generations. And it's like, so for us, there's no silly question. There isn't. The only, the only silly question is the question that you don't ask. Because if you are considering you know, trying to relocate in another uh, in another country, you need to ask every possible question. So we are going to take you uh, the system wise, like through just some questions that you might ask, some answers that you might need. Um, we're going to get into even you know purging. How do you start downsizing? Um, you know, what we're going to speak to uh, Big Will just about the transition process. We're going to speak to our attorney, um, Giovanna Bernal, about, you know, the, the legal things to consider if you're thinking about making a move to Panama. Some of the information that you get today will be Panama specific, and some of it will just be international, you know, that you can use some basic information that you can use 
we will speak to Erica Moore of um, Five Rings Financial, and she will just give us some tips on some things that we need to start thinking about from the financial perspective if we're going to make that move. We were able to um, get with Orge Silva, and he is with Mailbox Etc. Who knew that Mailbox Etc. does major moving too? I, I didn't know that. And apparently a few of our uh, Black expats in Panama have already used um, his business. So we're going to hop back and forth. We're going to talk to Maria uh, Samudio about um, just the trends of real estate in in Panama. And we're going to talk to Garlinda Price about the trends of real estate in the U.S. Because some of the other things that you need to consider is, is it time for me to sell my house? Is it a good time for me to sell my house? What are the things that you should think about when, um, when making those choices? So to start off, and I know that was a mouthful, and y'all know I can talk. So just to just to start off, uh, in case you don't know, I'm Charlotte Van Horn with Black Expats in Panama, and uh, we offer cultural relocation tours to Panama. And what makes us what makes our tours special is that a lot of the things that we'll discuss tonight are things that you'll learn on a relocation tour. But in addition to that, we bring a cultural component into it. And we believe that when you allow, um, when you allow the people to learn about the culture of a place that when they come, they have a better respect and understanding of where they're going. So you can see where you can live and how you can live, but we add on some layers to that, okay? And I thought about it and I said, you know, what would it be like, you know, the United States is one of the countries, I don't know about others, but I know in the United States, you actually have to pretty much pass a little history test um, to to become a a citizen. So, you know, imagine what is the kind of history that they're telling you about? Are they telling you about um, African-American contributions to the United States of America? Are they telling you about other diverse groups in America? Or are they telling you just what you want to know? And then with just what they want you to know. And then just imagine if you are an African-American, you are well aware of people coming to the country and expecting you to live in the projects, you know, expecting you to wear your pants down to your knees, you know, to have a bunch of baby daddies. And it's all that they hear about us. Imagine if when we did, uh, when people did a relocation that they could learn about our true contributions. So that is one of the things that I'm most um, proud about um, um, Black expats in Panama cultural relocation uh, tours. And in speaking about the cultural relocation tours, the first professional that I want to introduce you to is Teo Jolly. And Teo is going to um, give us a welcome and speak to us a little bit about some of the Afro-Panamanian um, history that he speaks about when we're on our tours. And he is a, a certified Afro-Panamanian tour guide. Oh, hey, Tio. Hi, everybody. Hi, hi, Charlotte. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you, my brother. I thank you for taking time to come on. And so go ahead, introduce yourself, welcome the people, and um, give us a little, a, a little uh, Afro-Panamanian history. Well, for everyone that's uh, today in the group, my name is Teophilus Jolly. Um, I'm a, just as old Charlotte mentioned before, 
I'm a certified tour guide of Panama history and culture. I have a little bit more than 20 years working of uh, promoting Panama tradition, history, historical sites, and now, now having the opportunity with you all to talk a little bit more about the Afro influence in Panamanian culture. It's been an honor for me uh, to be part of this great team and share with people, okay, a little bit more about how, uh, how nice and, and, and how good it has been for Black people to be part of a country like Panama from time to time. Um, Charlotte just mentioned it, it's really, really nice uh, when you move into a place and you have a little chance, okay? You take a little, little bit of the time of all of the researching and all of what you're doing to try to learn a little bit more about the history and the culture of the place. That's so special. So thank you so much for doing a little time um, and taking your time to learn about Panamanian history. Um, the cultural day or the cultural tool is so important. We try to take so much, um, so much of all what we can to share with you. Going to Cologne, which is one of the provinces that we consider is the is the nest of the African culture in Panama. It's so so important. Try to explain to you a lot of the culture, a lot of the situation in Cologne is really really nice. Showing you places like Portobello part of the tradition, okay, and, and taking a little time. It seems like you're having a recreational time when you go to the beach, but we learn so much, so, so much when we get all the way up there that it, that is beautiful and, and, and share also the contribution. It's more than what we could say, also what people could see and feel when they're going around Panama and them seeing people around and people smiley, people have a, um, a great sense of hospitality okay, with, with, with other people. And uh, I was talking with a group, uh, a group of people the last time and we say like, we was mentioning like, it's so important when you go to a place and at least you feel respect, you know, that you don't have to like me, I don't have to like you, but, but you respect me, okay? And that's enough for me. Uh, I, I don't need you to like me or want me uh, because that may, I may not like you too. But if you at least respect, I think that that gain, that gain a lot from me. And I think we live in a country where at least you receive respect. Okay. So um, uh, sharing all of these experiences is so, so nice. At the same time, helping people, giving them advices of where are the best places to live. And uh, there is a lot of people come, yes, with the same uh, chip or the mentality about the situation that you all are living in the U.S. that in some places it's so difficult for a black person to live and to move on, um, and they they wonder in Panama is something similar to that. Oh no way, no way, no way! I insist to say to anyone that Panama is a place where you could live. You don't have to survive, and that's a, that is in a general question. That's a general answer. I mean, you could live in so, so many ways, okay, that you don't have to survive. It's so hard for us anytime they ask us about the exclusive areas. We have so many exclusive areas. Everywhere we go, we see people that could afford to live really good. 
and you see that it doesn't mean or it doesn't have nothing to do with the color of the skin or the religion that you practice or the culture that you kneel on. It just goes about people trying to live, see people trying to have. So being part of a country so diverse like this one, it makes me really, really proud. We insist that we are not the only one. Panama, in Panama, Black people, as Black people is minority, but the influence of Black people in Panama is majority. So that's a great combination right there. We still have seven native tribes, which we also feel very, very proud of them. Very, very proud that we could learn a lot about them because we have the opportunity to mix with them when we first came to America. And we honor that and we respect that. Anywhere you go, you will see that we try to honor those two cultures really, really good in everything we do, the music we hear, the food that we ate, and more than sharing, you know, like black history in this type of tour, we try to share black heritage, the mm. things that identify us in the society. We try not to be mean, but we to be proud when we see things that related to black people are being sharing, are being mentioning, are being listening by other groups. So I think those are the things that make us feel so, so proud. So thank you so much for um, letting us do something for our people to come to our country, to share a little bit with us. Thank you so much. I could tell you that you wouldn't, you wouldn't regret that trip. If you, if you get to do it, you will never regret that trip. Even if you buy or you don't buy, is, is a trip that you will really remember and you will really say, man, we, we need to go to Panama to hang out with Tio. And remember, I used to say, <laughs> I tell this to everybody and I haven't received the invitation yet, so I will continue doing it. I donate myself, okay, to go and eat in your place and, and drink a little bit, okay? Just a little bit. <laughs> Two, three, four, six beers with you and then I go back home, okay? That's my, that's my compromise with you, so... Hoping that you could make it, Charlotte, one more time. Um, anytime I told friends that I'm working with a company that trying to help Black people to find in Panama uh, a new place to live, they stay surprised. Because you mentioned it, we talked about this before. We are 50 years in disadvantage. You know, uh, white people have been doing this in Panama for so long, but so long. Okay, they have been coming here, seeing all of the possibilities that Panama have, and they taking them. They taking them. They're not even thinking twice. They taking them. So mm -hmm. now is our time to show our people, okay, mm -hmm. about those those secret that we used to have for the world. So yeah. thank you so much, Charlotte. Thank you all for being part of this. We wait for we waiting for you here in Panama. Thank you. Thank you. Somebody said you're full of great information. Yay, Tio. Thank you. Um, Tio is just amazing. Like you, you see, he gives us the entire tour. He's with us the entire tour. He gives us general uh, Panama information, but he delves into the Black history. And that is something that nobody else is doing. Nobody else is taking you to to, to Cologne. Uh, believe me, but once you go to Cologne and you hear the history as told by Afro-Panamanian, you understand things a lot better and you come with more than just a hearsay mentality. So we are extremely proud of that. And uh, we really love Tio and we're blessed to be able to have him. Okay, so now, okay, so that was all the feel good stuff. And now what we wanna do is we wanna, we wanna keep it real 
because the one thing that you definitely need to be considering if you're thinking about a black seat is your coins. Okay, and so <laughs> we have my girl Erica Moore here for Five Rings Financial, and she's going to talk to us just about some things that we should consider at financially as we think about the blacks. blacks. So Erica Moore, the, the floor is all yours. Uh, thank you, Charlotte. I am delighted to be here and uh, share just a few nuggets. I know I don't have a lot of time, but uh, you're absolutely right. Financial preparation ahead of time is critical to the success of your Blacksit. So, um, and, and my first point would be that nothing beats having more than enough money to live comfortably. So, hopefully, you have some time to work with before you're planning to make your transition. And um, so taking a look at how you're saving and investing for this big move is is paramount to your success. So, you know, taking a look at your accounts, having a good advisor to work with you on making sure that you are saving enough um, and doing your homework, really being here tonight is a great start to learning you know, the things that you need to know. Sometimes we don't even know what we don't know. And so being here, hopefully you're taking good notes on all the speakers because there's so many aspects to this move and finances will really be the key to your success. So um, start saving and investing as early as possible. Hopefully you've already done that. Start your budget, your relocation budget. Um, because there are going to be some considerations in your budget that you don't have today. And I promise you, it will cost more than you think. So whatever budget number you come up with after you've done your research, add 25 to 30% to that and use that as your benchmark. Um, establish your banking relationship in your destination country before you move, if you can. So get that going and also uh, maintain a U.S. bank account, right? You're going to want to do that. And if you can get a bank that has um, that is an international bank that has branches in both locations, that's even better. Now, oftentimes you're going to experience a decrease in your cost of living when you move abroad, but there are definitely some areas where your costs are going to increase and you might not be expecting that. So think about things like tuition. So if you have children and they're in public school in the U.S., you're paying zero for that. When you move abroad, many people want to put their children into private schools. And of course, there's a price tag attached to that. And so, uh, and, and the, it can vary. So you really want to do some research into the school and the cost, because that could be a considerable part of your budget. Transportation is another one of those areas that people often overlook. The cost of fuel in many countries is considerably higher than what it is here in the U.S. So that could add, uh, that could be a much greater percentage of your cost of living budget when you move abroad than it is today. So you want to consider that. Even your grocery shopping will be different. So if you're a picky eater, you like certain brands, things like that, you know, you might have to adapt to whatever the local brands are unless you want to break the bank in your food budget. So, you know, those are some of the things that oftentimes people don't think about. They're like, yeah, 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 food, that's the same. No, it, it, may, it may not be. Um, 
Another thing that people don't think about is their insurances, right? Uh, health insurance, for example, healthcare systems vary from country to country. It is not the same as it is in the US. Now, in some countries, you may put yourself in a better position because there may be a public healthcare system that because you are um, a resident there that you can take advantage of. But you also have to look at what you are accustomed to and whether the healthcare system in your new country is going to be similar enough for your comfort level. And you may have to supplement um, with personal funds to be comfortable with your, uh, with your healthcare. Medications, that's another thing that you've got to consider. And I, I talk about that, uh, you know, both from a healthcare uh, standpoint, and that's not my specialty, but also from a financial standpoint. The cost of medications may vary greatly depending on what country you're in. So if you have maintenance medications that you're on, first of all, they may not be available in the country you're moving to. And so you have to consider availability and also cost um, and whether that's going to be out of pocket for you and how much. Another biggie, and I know my time is short, Charlotte, uh, but another biggie is taxes, right? A lot of people have the misconception that if they move out of the U.S., <laughs> that they don't have to file um, taxes anymore. Guess what? Not true. You are still required to file your federal taxes. And you have to also look at tax implications in the country you're moving to. You might be in a situation where you're going to be taxed in both places. So those, and, the, and that is so specific to your situation, the source of your funds, all of that uh, factors into how you will be taxed. Will it be social security? Will it be, you know, um, qualified retirement accounts? Will it be your savings accounts? So you really have to consider the sources of your income and you need to consider the tax implications of that on the front end. So kind of circling back to what I, uh, what I mentioned in the beginning um, is your savings and investing now and planning that so that the vehicles you're using are gonna put you in the most tax advantaged position when you move. And every country is different. There's no cookie cutter answer to that. And so that's why I am really suggesting that you work with a professional that's gonna be able to help you traverse that and make good decisions for yourself. Another insurance consideration is going to be life insurance, right? Life insurance is critical. And in many cases, um, if you're looking at getting a life insurance policy, it can be difficult. Now, there are global life insurance companies that, are, that really specialize in Americans living abroad. Um, and some of them will, will not include some of the bells and whistles like living benefits. But one of the challenges is once you have moved abroad, it can be difficult to qualify for life insurance in the U.S. There are residency, you know, like time, length of time that you are living in the U.S. Even if you have dual citizenship, it can be challenging, right? So um, you want to get those things handled before you move. They will be much, much, much simpler to, uh, for you to qualify and get the coverages that you need if you're considering that ahead of time. So I know I talked about a lot of different areas and I really, I know only scratched the surface, um, but I know you have a lot of other speakers that are gonna talk about lots of other very important subjects. And so Charlotte, you tell me if there was anything else that you wanted me to touch on, you know, certainly I'm available to meet with people individually and talk about individual situations, but. Girl, uh, 
Let me tell you, you hit on some stuff, Erica. Thank you so much. You, you, you know, I've I've spoken with you about this, but it seems like even tonight there's even more, you know. And so I appreciate that. What we're gonna have to do is because this is we got so much information, you know, packed in. I mean, I can see the chat, they're like very excited about the information that you gave. I don't think a lot of people think about the fact that of, of life insurance and once you move out to another country, when you start thinking about private versus public school, you got to think about that. Somebody was like, dang, I didn't think about that. Erica, thank you. And let me just say this before we move on from Erica. You know, I interviewed uh, the other day Adelia of um, Picky Girl Travels. And she spoke a lot about, you know, the whole money piece. And she was saying one thing that she did say that that we didn't hear tonight was, and I hadn't thought about it, was your will. Like your will, you know, making sure that your will is updated. And then also the fact that if you don't have a footprint, if you don't have a financial footprint, in the United States, when you die and your kids have to come to some other foreign country and and uh, probate your estate, that's not going to be good. So it's it's very important and it's a good idea to keep a financial footprint in the United States. You know, some of you that follow me know that I have an apartment in, in Florida because I wanted a real place with a real address, with a real lease, because Florida is one of those states that do not charge income tax. And you have a lot of people that claim to live there. And I really feel like, you know, if that's fine, if that's what you want to do, but for me living out loud, listen, somebody can say, listen, she ain't living in Florida. Uh-uh, y'all need to get her because she's that's tax evasion. So while I'm figuring everything out, I need to have true address in Florida, at least for the first year or two, I mean, in the United States, so that I am I am covered on all bases. Not everybody will go that route, but it is a route that I go. The other thing I want to add, and, and I know this is controversial and I don't say it all the time, but people wonder, how am I going to do this financially? And I'm just going to say it. Bankruptcy should not be off the table. I mean, honestly, if you are a person that wants to make a relocation and you are just not in the financial position to do it, there are a lot of things that you can consider. But one thing that you should also consider is your bankruptcy option. You know, people want to make bankruptcy taboo. okay? and like, you know, you're a bad person for doing it. Forget that. If we're a bad person for doing it, then what does that make Donald Trump? Okay, what does that make the people that have the money? Okay, rich people file bankruptcies. So don't get tripped up on that. You have to be in a certain financial um, straits in order to be able to file a seven where you can just relinquish your debt altogether in, in the U.S. But then you, you can also reorganize. You can reorganize your debt through bankruptcy so that you can afford to make other moves. And then if you're in that particular financial qualification, what must it be like to be able to discharge your debt, okay? And then move to a country where your funds are used just for the debt that you have here. So I'm just saying, I'm not 
suggesting that anybody file bankruptcy, but I'm letting you know that it is an option that you need to consider because at the end of the day, um, our life may depend on it because I don't know if you've noticed, but you ain't too safe in the U.S., and you need to do whatever's necessary for those people that say they can't afford it. For those people that say, what about the poor people? Consider that, you know, consider that they're making bankruptcy so that poor people can't even afford the file. Do a little research into that. And I'm just going to leave that there because I'm not a financial um, expert, but I do know that that is an option. So thank you very much, Erica, for that. Next, we're going to um, speak with my favorite attorney, Giovanna Bernal. And um, Giovanna is my personal attorney. And uh, when Black expats started, when people started coming and saying, well, do you know an attorney? You, you would not believe how this group grew, right? Do you know an attorney? And asking legal questions, I'm like, well, let me ask Giovanna. And I asked Giovanna, I referred um, people to her. I am so happy to say that Giovanna has helped over 50 Black expats in Panama with their legal residency and, you know, uh, filing for corporation and different issues that they have. And I have not received one complaint. So Giovanna, thank you. Thank you for being so committed and dedicated to your, the service that you provide and for providing us with the top-notch service that we deserve. And with that, I'm gonna allow you to give our guests a few pointers on legal considerations when Black City. Thanks so much, Charlotte. I'm so happy to be here and thank you for giving me this opportunity to have such a great experience um, assisting the Black expat community in Panama. It's been great this past year. And I have learned so much as well. Um, at Prime Solutions, uh, we support individuals and families that want to relocate to Panama with their visa process. We set up also business, we do accounting, we also help with the taxes. And most of the things that we have done um, is the is visas, because when you consider relocating to Panama, the first thing you have to think is how are gonna be there legal? because you have 180 days to be in Panama as a tourist. So you have to think that um, you need to find a way to find residence. And I'm going to tell you uh, in these five minutes, what are the most um, popular ones for Americans to, to be legal in Panama and also some other things that you should consider. Before you come to Panama to do your visa process, you have to consider getting an FBI report, obtaining that and having that legalized by your nearest Panama consulate in the US. The FBI background check is valid only for six months. Also, if you come with family members, your wife or husband or with your children, you have to bring your FBI um, birth certificates and marriage certificate. And those documents as a foreign document that have to be also legalized by apostille or uh, your nearest Panama consulate. In the US, there are uh, several uh, Panama consulates. Um, and you also can even mail the documents. For example, the one in LA is uh, very friendly and you can mail documents to them or you can get appointments like in Houston, T Tampa, Washington, in Miami, and you can get that done. Then, 
also the most popular visa types are the pensionado. Of course, if you have a retirement with the social security or a VA from veterans or uh, from the government or private, you can also apply as long as you have a minimum amount of $1,000 for, for your pension. And if you don't comply with that requirement, well, there are, there are also residence types such as the Friendly Nations Visa, which um, an investment of $200,000 or by work reasons, if you want to find a job in Panama, you can do that, you can find a job or you can set up your own company and be hired by that company. Then we also have some other type of residence uh, such as temporary residence where you can get residence and work permits for one year and you can extend that uh, up to six years. That is for work reasons as well or you can have a company in the US that can uh, send you to Panama and you can uh, work for that company. That's another option. We also have a, a digital nomad visa for teleworking people that have a job in the US and they can come here and work for nine months and extend that to another nine months as well. That's also uh, pretty popular. And most of the residence types, they have an option to apply for a work permit in case you need that. Um, even pensionados, retirees can apply for a work permit. And this is something that, uh, this is a question that I get a lot and they get surprised that they can work and they can do business as well because many are pretty young, 55, 62, and they want to keep active. Some not, some, some others they just want to have fun and travel and relax, but some others, they, they have the need to keep active and you know get another source of income. So that is something that can be done as well. And you can also set up a business in Panama by yourself as a physical person, or you can set up a Panama corporation. You can also, um, uh, there, you, can, you can do services online, uh, business as well. There are some professions that are restricted to do in Panama because you need you will need a license and become Panamanian, such as being a lawyer, an accountant, a doctor, some um, professions engineering. And retail is also restricted somehow. It's having an establishment in a local store and sell directly to customers. That is restricted. But you can do wholesale, distribute, sell to, to companies' products, do online, offer services. Well, the sky's the limit. Um, we also set up private foundations, which is similar to a trust or a will, in case you want to plan um, for succession planning. It's a very interesting vehicle to have if, when you buy a property or when you have a bank account and you want to have that protected and also appoint beneficiaries that can be the beneficiaries in case you die. That's also a very important thing to consider that Erika was talking about, about planning and, and having that also ready for the, for the future. Thank you, Giovanna. And so that is just a few, you know, legal tips when, when you're considering making that move, how you're going to get your, um, you know, residency established is always going to be, you know, the first thing that you want to understand. And when it comes to having residency, it's like, for me, I actually want another one. So as a matter of fact, um, Giovanna, um, uh, was with me the other day and they let me know I got my e-cedula. So there's a little mm -hmm. step to becoming a permanent resident of Panama and I need to go and pick up my e-cedula and I'm so proud about that. But I actually want another. 
I want another residency in another country. So we have other groups that are like Black expats in Panama, Black expats in Colombia, Medellin, Ghana, and we're exploring all these places through Black expats worldwide. And I'm going to decide through our exploration what other country is going to be blessed and honored to have me as a resident. Uh, because you know something, they talk about a plan B. I want a plan B, I have, uh, but Panama is my plan B from the United States. I need a plan B from Panama. And it's just something that we could do. So speaking of plan Bs, um, listen, you got to get yourself together. A lot of us who decide to move are of retirement age. I mean, a lot of people that decide to move in Panama, to Panama, happen to be of retirement age or pension eligible. Baby, that basically translates to you having way too much stuff in your house, okay? So um, I can tell you that the whole moving process for me was traumatic. Because I am not a hoarder. I thought that I was pretty, you know, my house looks like I'm a minimalist. But baby, them, clo them closets was ignorant. Them closets was ignorant. They was rude. They was undignified. It was not nice. And at one point, when I realized all the boxes and things I hadn't touched in years under my long dresses, I cried a little bit. <laughs> I did because I was like, this is just ridiculous. And then trying to figure out what do you really want to bring, you know, to Panama or, or to the country that you choose and what can you leave behind? Oh my God, it was just so much. So I'm going to introduce my girl, Aisha Niang. And Aisha, everybody knows her. Everybody got just got all excited when they found out that she was going to be on the live Zoom because we know and love her as the Abroadability Chick, okay? That is her channel on YouTube. And people just wait and hang out and wait for her to put out videos. Um, Aisha speaks about traveling with um, physical uh, mobility issues. And then she's also started doing some accountability work with people who need to get their life together and start purging, <laughs> purging and downsizing for the move. So welcome Aisha to the call. And uh, Aisha, the floor is all yours. Thank you for being with us, sis. Thank you, thank you for having me. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Okay, so I'm quickly just going to discuss um, moving to Panama with mobility issues. I, before I get started, I just want to say whenever I'm in Panama, um, I feel human seen and acknowledged for my disability. I don't feel like I'm pushed to the side or ignored. So I want people to understand that I sometimes will get special treatment like at the airport. After I check in, there might be a roped off area and they'll usher me over there and just let me sit there by myself. They won't let anyone else in there. They might let me go to the front of the line. Um, just certain things that I don't necessarily experience in the United States, um, I experience in Panama. Um, that said, <laughs> you do really have to understand that um, there are some things you need to consider if you have mobility issues in Panama. Um, you wanna look for a neighborhood that has decent sidewalks, paving, and streets. Um, do not expect everything to look like it does in the United States. There's a lot of uh, cracked streets, roads, potholes. Um, you might have issues just walking around. 
um, not all of the restaurants and buildings have uh, ramps or railings. So you're gonna have to do some research ahead of time um, before you go to certain places. And not all their stairs or ramps have the same US standards that you might be accustomed to. So their stair gaps might be a couple of inches one, and then it feels like 10 feet for the next step. So I actually um, went down a bunch of steps. There wasn't a railing, I was kind of holding onto the wall. And then it was time for me to leave an event. I looked at the stairs, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not gonna be able to get back up. I literally had to walk up on a dirt road next to the stairs, which I was able to do, but <laughs> I didn't plan ahead for the event I was attending and I could have gotten stuck. Thank God it wasn't raining. Um, if you're in a wheelchair, um, again, the roads, it may not be smooth or bumpy and the ramps may not really be meant for wheelchairs. They might be meant for deliveries. And excursions. I love the water. There are a lot of boat excursions. If you've watched any of my videos, you know they don't have ramps, docks, easy ways for you to get in and out of boats. So I usually get in, but first. <laughs> These are a lot of things that you have to consider. Um, but in summary, this is not just if you have mobility issues, there's things that you have to consider as you're aging as well. Um, so in my process for moving to Panama, like Charlotte said, I'm actually in a phenomenal purging accountability group with some awesome ladies. Shout out to the people in the group. Um, Angela, well, there, Angela, Talisa, and Lori, um, there are four of us, and we kind of post every week or every two weeks what our goals are for purging. So like Charlotte said, you may not think you're a hoarder, but I found out I was a hoarder of socks and hair care products. I didn't need 60 pairs of socks, but apparently I had them and I purged it down to 20. Do I still need 20 socks? No, <laughs> but for some odd reason, you still feel the need to hold on to things. So you literally have to decide, is this item gonna serve you in Panama or how is it gonna serve you in Panama? Um, I recently lost my mother in February and I, I did not wanna go through her items. And what I found was once I went through her boxes and her jewelry, it was easier for me to go through my own. Um, so that's one thing to consider. You're going to avoid going through some items. So if you want to start easy and not a loved one's items, start in the kitchen. What's expired? What condiments are expired? Um, what spices are expired? You can go to the bathroom. Do you really need all those towels or all of those sheets? No, you don't. <laughs> So these are things that you um, just have to start doing and start now. If you're moving in three years, five years, whatever it is, trust me, please start now. You will not regret it. Once you get in the mindset of starting to purge and downside, you're not gonna buy as much. You're gonna start thinking, I don't need that in Panama and it'll help you to declutter. Um, so I just wanna thank everyone in the accountability group and for the purging and start now. Thank you. And start now. Thank you so much, Aisha. And start now is good advice. Uh, my best friend, Karen, is really good at purging. And I think she's on the call. And um, the thing that she told me that I thought was so hilarious was that she said, you need to start about three years in advance. And she meant that. And she was like, if if you don't start three years, imagine how long it takes you to go through a junk drawer. And for those of us that have a junk drawer, you know what that is, like going through every little thing. 
And we just moved ourselves too. So I'm very sensitive to that. And uh, that was very good advice. So thank you. Thank you for sharing. And uh, I know a lot of people got a lot of good stuff out of that. So there you have it. And wasn't that some good stuff? I mean, really, we got so much positive feedback that I just did not want, you know, my radio audience to not catch this for whatever reason. And I want it to be as in, in many places as possible because it is really, really valuable information. You know, when the U.S. just seems to be too much, that is just when we need to really start you know, at least exploring our options and in, in exploring our options, we need to do as much research as possible and try to connect with the most reliable sources. And so I, you know, count it a privilege and an honor that we have so many people who follow Black expats in Panama and consider us to be a reliable source. I'm still learning always learning, <clears throat> excuse me, that is one of the things that's so wonderful about being in another country. It's like every day is kind of a new day. You learn something you didn't know before. And um, <laughs> like this weekend, I was on a beach in Taboga and this beach, it was so odd to me because it's a beach on both sides. So you could sit and face the, I'm not good at the directions, but maybe say face the east and you'll be looking at the uh, the water. You could sit on the other side and face the and face the west, and you'll be looking at the water. Okay, then, and I'm like, how is it water on both sides of this beach? Baby, when the tide starts coming in, the tide comes in from both sides. And <laughs> all that area where you were sitting just starts get, getting covered with water. It was the freakiest thing ever. I swear the next time I'm out there and it's getting close to that, I'm going to do like a slow, um, like a slow-mo time or a speed up with the time that you could see this water happening. It was so, so weird. But anyway, you're always learning new things and and so anything that I learn, I'm always trying to share with you. And we will bring you more of the information that we uncovered um, during that Zoom call. We had um, we had a moving company. We had the U.S. realtor. We had a, um, a Panama realtor. We had medical um, professional. Dr. Um, Duncan was on the call with us, you know, to talk about just things to expect when you're in... Um, when you're in Panama with regards to, you know, healthcare and, and the differences. And so it's just valuable information that I definitely want to share with you. And so with that, I got to get ready to get out of here. I'm going to leave you with Sam Cook today. A change is going to come. And I am praying that a change really does come. And um, I really am praying. That's for real, for real when I tell you that. So until next time, this is Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expats in Panama, by way of Glassboro, New Jersey, right here on BlackSidRadio.com. And um, I love you. I love you. I love you. And there's just nothing you can do about it. So peace and love, y'all.